Next on BYU Sports Nation, building the perfect BYU football schedule. How would you map out an ideal first four, and does it include four Power Five opponents? You know I love this subject. What's the biggest challenge awaiting new basketball coach Mark Pope this season? Plus, it's Puerto Rico. Gabby Garcia-Fernandez, Puerto Rican volleyball star, joins us to preview BYU's MPSF semifinal with top seed Pepperdine. Vamonos! This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere, all over the world, all over the universe, wherever and however you're connected. Welcome, friends. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with a man who has substituted 90% of his current sleep schedule for a movie binge, Jerem Jordan. Uh, We're watching all the Marvel Cinematic Universe, a.k.a. MCU, movies. They're 21 before Avengers Endgame comes out next Thursday. So we are on movie, I believe, 18, 19, Black Panther right now, which is awesome. It's been so fun to watch all these again. Jerem Jordan will uh, reveal his list of movies in what he feels is the correct order no, later pl- on Twitter. Plenty of people have done that for me. I don't <laughs> need to do that. We're we're watching them in uh the the not the you know year they came out order. Right. But the right. like Captain America goes first, then Captain Marvel, then Iron Man, right? Uh-huh. So that's how okay. we're doing. Yep. Okay. No, it's next level. It's fun. That's great. It's fun. I uh so long to your sleep schedule though. Oh, I no, I don't stay up late and do it. Kids go to bed at 7-ish, and then, uh, boom, watch a movie. It's great. Noise. One week from today, April 25th, the big day. And the NFL draft next Thursday as well. For now, happy Thursday, April 18th. Here's today's show lineup. What's a fair expectation for BYU football in the first four games of the 2019 season against four upper echelon Power 5 opponents? Speaking of Power Fives, Amy Daughters of FB Schedules. Don't joins... call me Daughters. There you go. She joins us to answer the question she brought up in her recent article, Is BYU Football a Power Five-worthy equivalent? What's the game plan for BYU Volleyball to beat number one seed Pepperdine in advance to the final? Gabby Garcia-Fernandez will answer that loaded show. Right now, we're answering the call for BYU Sports Nation headlines. Sione Takitaki. Worked out with the Houston Texans yesterday. He's also visited with the L.A. Chargers, Tennessee Titans, Kansas City Chiefs, among other teams. According to NFL Network reporter Tom Pelissero, Takitaki could be a late riser in the draft, but how high will he rise? Third round? Is he a day two guy? That would be next Friday, so we shall see. Five seed BYU men's volleyball plays one seed. Top seed Pepperdine tonight in the MPSF semifinals, 8 Eastern. The Waves have lost one set. The last five matches, the two teams split in the regular season. Home teams won. We'll chat with Gabby Garcia-Fernandez, as you mentioned, later in the program. BYU softball's six-game win streak comes to an end last night against number three-ranked Washington. The Huskies win 13-3. The Cougars now 20-20 and overall on the season, but remain atop the West Coast Conference with a record of 5-1. and BYU has a week off to handle finals before hosting Southern Utah next Wednesday on the BYU TV digital platforms at 8 Eastern, 6 Mountain Time. And BYU Baseball has a three-game series at Washington starting tonight, 9 Eastern on BYU Radio and the app. Jordan Wood on the bump for the Cougars. First matchup between the Cougars and Huskies since 2011. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. 
You're talking about it, and so are we. It's what's trending on BYU Sports Nation. Four power fives to open things up, Jerem. BYU will begin with Utah, then follow it up with a road trip to Knoxville, Tennessee, against a team that is expected to be much improved in the Volunteers. Then you come home and ho-hum host USC in Washington. Bunch of no-namers. Jerem, if you could script it out, what are your ideal first four games for BYU football? Okay, I know it's hard to be ideal in this situation. You're dealing with a lot of factors, and I get that. And I've been pretty vocal about, hey, I don't, I don't understand why BYU plays as tough of a schedule as it does year to year. Here's my thought. Two power fives in the first four, okay? One really notable and then one winnable. The difference between, say, uh, Wisconsin and uh, in Arizona, right? I trust that dude. Thank you, Taysom. Appreciate that. A quality group of five team. Not, not maybe the level of Boise State, but like BYU's playing in uh, USF and uh, Fresno State and San Diego those State. kinds of teams, right? And then a guaranteed win. Like, that could be an FCS game, although you get that later, or lower, right? Get out to a 3 and one start so you're relevant, okay? Get out to at least a 3 and one start. At worst, you're 2-2 two and two in that situation, right? I understand that BYU needs to play Power 5s early if they want to play them. I just feel like, what's the point of going 2-2? Two and two? What's the point of going 1-3? BYU's in danger of going 0-4 this year if they don't have their stuff together, right? I want to play another Power 5 or 2 in October or November. And in the past, it felt like that wasn't really possible. BYU plays two Power 5s in October and or November in the following seasons, 20, 21, and 22. And then they already have one in 23, 24, 25, and 26 for October and November. So it's totally possible to have a little more balance. What I don't want is to stack too many too early and too many overall because I value winning more than the schedule. We break college basketball games and the level of opponents into quadrants based on the NCAA Tournament Selection Committee. So I went that route mentally. I thought, okay, how would I schedule these games if I were putting the opponents into quadrants? How are you breaking them into quads? By what metric are you dividing them? So a quad one game would be a ranked opponent. Preseason ranked? Preseason ranked opponents. Then quad two is 25 to 50 or 60-ish. Quad three, 60 to 90. And then quad four would be 90 to like 131. So for BYU, if I could schedule the ideal setup, it would be a team equal to the level of BYU to open up. Whether that's a group of five or a power five. Right now that would be a team in the 50s. I just want a competitive, fun game that we can all get excited about when the season kicks off. A game that BYU could win, but it will be competitive, or so we think it will be on paper. In game number two, give me a quad four, man. Give me a guaranteed win. That's FCS or UMass type. Exactly. So that BYU is guaranteed at least a one-and-one start and just maybe a 2 and start. Okay? Mm -hmm. Competitive to open up, then give me the quad four. Then you need the marquee game. In game number three, whether it's on the road or at home, a quad one game against a notable, a USC, a Washington, Mm -hmm. even a Tennessee on the road, that would be fantastic. Something that the fans look at and think, oh, awesome. Okay, so BYU's 2-0, and they've got this big marquee game coming up. And if they win that, they're 3-0, they're ranked, it's amazing, let's go. And then in week four, because BYU has been historically, especially in independence, so bad in week four or their fourth game of the season – I'd take like a quad three. So maybe a team like San Jose State. 
somebody like that. Yeah, bad but not like horrible. Not okay. so bad. That's kind of how I would script the yeah. ideal start. I, I would, I, and we should break this down. I would find a, a less opinionated metric to use, like FPI or something, so that it's not just the, the writers or the coaches, yeah. a.k.a. SIDs or yeah. whatever, right? So let's figure that out at some point. But, but this we know. BYU is in a unique position playing four Power 5 opponents mm. to start the season, which brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. BYU is apparently the only FBS team to start the season with four Power 5 opponents. All right. Woo. What Class are we, of our own. What are we doing? Class of our own. What are we doing? Here's the good news, though. Three of those four at home. Maybe you get a shot at two and two. I think to think that BYU would go three and one is pretty wild. I would love it. Don't get me wrong. We were shocked last year when BYU started three and one, but you had a McNeese in there. You ain't got no McNeese in the first four now. Okay. I'm okay playing four power fives. I just don't want BYU to play four power fives in the first four weeks of the season. (laughs) Well, I'm not. I am not. Okay. BYU loads up, plays a lot of power five teams, right? Yeah. BYU's tough. BYU walks in the weight room. They want to stack some weight on, right? Okay. Many of those have to be at the beginning of the year due to conference schedules. It makes sense Mm -hmm. if you want to go that route. Historically, BYU has won about 40% of its games in the modern era against those teams. Bronco Mendenhall, Lavelle Edwards, the last uh, over Independence, 39%, right? Spencer, what's a realistic expectation for BYU against Power 5 opponents? As currently constituted with the games we know are on the way through the year 2030, most of these teams are upper echelon Power 5 opponents. There are not a ton of games with Power 5 opponents scheduled that I look at and think, oh, yeah, BYU should win that game. That's a guaranteed win. Is there a, There's no guaranteed Power 5 win. I never look at a Power 5 opponent and go, that is a win for sure. So as currently constituted, I think that 40% mark should probably stand. If BYU were to play five Power 5 opponents, and they average about that right now. I mean, next year it will be four, but... Holy cow, the first four are loaded, and then BYU plays some of the best group of five teams. So it feels like more than just four power fives because they have to go on the road to southern Florida, and they've got to play south Florida. Florida, Sorry, they've got to play Boise State that's also coming to Provo. This is – it's loaded. Utah State was the – they were eleven and two yeah, last year. They had the most wins of any team like, on the this schedule. Is, yeah, it's it's the best of the rest. Oh, by the way, Toledo and the Glass Bowl is tough. Right? So, so I'd say that that forty percent mark should stay, which is why we say, hey, if BYU starts two and two, that is exceeding expectations based on everything they've done for the last forty years. I th- I'm with you. I think every three or four years you want to get a ten win season, right? Let's say every four, every recruiting cycle. Okay, if BYU is losing sixty percent of its Power Five games, why would you schedule a ton of them? All I want is one or two fewer. I want three to four of those a year, not five plus. And it also matters when you play them. This, this season, the number's four, but they're all in a row. Okay, three of those four at home. That's the good news. 2020, six total, four to start the year. 21, seven total, three to start the year. Zach Wilson and Jaron Hall would be a senior and junior, by the way. Oh. 2022, five, three to start the year. Jaron Hall, senior in theory. 23, six total, four to open the season. I just think if you, t- if you start... A season, and you're like 500, and perhaps you get a notable win, but you lose one. You're, no one feels good about 500. You just don't. And so that's why I'm with you. I, I would hope for a little more balance. I know that you want to keep that relationship with ESPN strong. So if I'm Tom Homo, I would hesitate to say no much at all, right? And that's, uh, and that's a tough situation to be in because you want to appease them. You want to have balance. You want to set yourself. Because if you say no too much, 
ESPN's not going to call and say, hey, you want to play this neutral and so-and-so at this NFL stadium? So I, I get the challenges of trying to look ahead and all that. I just feel like I would lean on the a little lighter side than the heavier side because the point is to win. The point is not to schedule tough. Yeah, I again, I'm okay with playing four Power 5 opponents. If BYU had the option of spreading out Utah, Tennessee, USC, and Washington so that those games were in Week 1, Week 4, Week 7, and Week 11, then they would do that. Right. Tom they, Homo would do right. that. He doesn't have that luxury. I, I'm saying don't just don't schedule one of those then. Like, but but you want to play at Tennessee. That's I get the thing. It. You but want when you the couple it opponents. with those four, it, they're that's fun. Well, you, very challenging. You need things to excite the fan base and bring out the competitor. Yes, and, but that's the, not the number one reason to schedule. The number one reason the juice is to win in Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Are we selling tickets or are we winning? Because it's hard to do the both. The best case is both. Right? It's hard to do both. That's, that's the hope. Is yeah. a special season. Well, then you have a 2014 where BYU goes undefeated against Power Five opponents, but Taysom. If Hill gets you play injured. Texas, who ends up eight and five, Virginia was awful. And then Cal was 5-7. and seven. That worked out nicely. They weren't good, Power 5. Yeah, if I told you that BYU was going to start the season with a game against San Diego State, then they were going to play an FCS, then they're at Tennessee, and they're playing UMass, and they're 3-1 and one before they take on the other Power 5s, that feels a little bit better, right? Unfortunately, it's not realistic. We know that BYU basketball head coach Mark Pope in his first year faces a potential gauntlet of a schedule. We chronicled what we know about the schedule. BYU is probably going to play at least six games against teams ranked in the top 25, two against Gonzaga, two against St. Mary's. Who knows what the EA or sorry, the Maui Invitational brings the Maui gym Maui Invitational brings. And then where Houston and Nevada and Utah state will be like, it's, it's loaded. So, Maybe it's the schedule, but Jaron, what's the greatest challenge Mark Pope will face in his first year as head coach? It's putting in his culture and systems. I believe that once he puts those in, that everything flows from there. Okay, That's reflected in how the team interacts. That's uh, how they execute on the court, winning and losing, right, and how they do that. How they're perceived by the media, by TV, social media, and whatnot. And at the end of the day, that will be reflected in winning, but... Winning solves all ills, right? Like, yes and no. If you win, but you want to have a good time doing it. Mark Pope is going to have a good time doing whatever happens here. Like, he is a very uh, tremendous motivator, spokesman, great energy. That's perfect in 2019. What's, what needs to be perfect as well is that BYU gets back to competing for a conference championship, even if it's losing it by two games, but kind of establishing as the number two. So I think culture, energy, systems, all of this matters, right? And, and this is the building process. The most difficult challenge Mark Pope will face in his first year as the head coach of BYU basketball is, without a doubt, meeting fan expectations. As Good much luck. as we want to try <laughs> and temper those expectations, let's be honest, everybody will at some point go to the blue goggle approach. And as you pointed out just, uh, a few days ago, Jerem, that hope is a very, very powerful emotion. Second most powerful. And it drives those expectations. And it even has me feeling very confident that BYU will win 20 games in Mark Pope's first year. I think I feel very strongly that that will happen. Uh, and I think that he'll add, when he adds onto the schedule, it won't be really tough opponents because he's got enough. But maybe even 20 wins is too much. <laughs> and maybe I'm adding to the problem. I, I think in year one, when you lose your best player, that it's kind of <laughs> weird to think that you'd win more. But like th- that doesn't make sense. There's something to be said about getting rid of stagnant air and bringing in new energy, opening sure. up the windows, and, and maybe that results in a few more wins. 
if BYU keeps all of its players. Right, and who knows what's going to happen there. There could be right. significant turnover. There needs to be uh, good development, like we've talked about, Gavin yeah. Baxter and yeah. Connor Harding. T.J. Haas needs to maintain uh-huh. what, he's did. I, I, what he did. I don't think T.J. Haas needs to be better. I think he needs to be the same player. Yeah. I think he was a tremendous player. I'm telling you, the fan expectations... They are always, again, you, you do your best to temper it. Like, hey, we're going to be patient. It's going to be okay. But then you get in the heat of the moment. It's like, why can't BYU beat Gonzaga? Well, no, that's not the issue. It's being better than St. Mary's. Oh, and there is no, one it's not million about percent Gonzaga. collective no. hubris of all BYU fans that think that BYU should, should be in a better position should. than St. Mary's. We should do this. BYU's why? better than them. Program's better. Facility's better. Amenities True. better. True, but it doesn't always mean your team's better. Good luck meeting expectations. And we're going to try our best. Okay? <laughs> I'm capping at 20 wins. I'm capping that is my, at 20 wins. That is my role on the show. Someone's got to be level-headed, dang it. Someone's <laughs> got to be level-headed. And I'm, as I'm yelling, be level-headed! Calm down! Yeah. Oh, if exactly. BYU like, wins their first three games, maybe they can win 25. Oh! Maybe they'll go to the NCAA tournament. You know we do that. That's part of, that's part of this. Yeah. yeah. It's all good. Our question of the day. I love talking about schedules in general <laughs> and expectations. If you were in charge of BYU football's schedule and formulating that, how would you schedule the first four games? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. At Laser Sheep making a return to the show via Twitter. He says, easy, hard, hardest, easy. Okay, so almost in line with what I want to do. I want a competitive first game, something to build up to in the offseason. You're healthy at that point. Yeah, yeah, yes. Then he says hard, hardest, easy. So he would put the FCS opponent or very low Division One opponent uh, in that four spot. Then he says likely you'd be 2-2 two and two or 3-1, and one, which makes for a fantastic position to build from, win all four games, and then you're in the discussion. Risk-reward is definitely a real thing, just like in basketball. Yeah, there needs to be some risk. I just don't want, like, absolute risk. <laughs> Like four, like four in a row. It's just yeah. It's a lot, right? Three and one after the first four, as we found out this last year, feels amazing. Yeah, if you have uh, an FCS bone in there, absolutely. Coming up, is BYU still a good Power Five equivalent? Amy Dodders, who wrote the article from FB Schedules, questioning the status quo, is going to join us next to explain her stance. Is BYU football a Power Five scheduling equivalent, or should they be? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Last night it was softball against Washington. Tonight and the next two nights after that, it's baseball against Washington. Three-game series in Seattle starts tonight, 9 Eastern on BYU Radio and the app. Good luck to the baseball team, Jordan Wood, on the bump. We're live in Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with Jerem Jordan. Our question of the day, if you were in charge of scripting out BYU football's schedule. How would you schedule the first four games, this based on what BYU takes on in their first quartet of games in 2019 with four straight Power Fives? At Twiggy or Stone Answers on Twitter. I would live to see the Power Five. I would love, I'm guessing he says, to see the Power Five teams spread out, but you have to work within the constraints of the system. Sure. I think it is important to play Power Five teams, so I am good with how the schedule is set now. We just need to see BYU cross that 40% threshold before I really embrace it. If, because if it's 40% success, generally, I mean, there are years where it's not, but BYU's not saying let's play 
the worst Power Five. No. They're saying, let's play a lot of the best yeah, ones. They're, they're saying, let's play Utah, Tennessee, USC, and Washington to open this season. Like, at some point, would it shock you if all four of those teams were ranked this year? No. At some point? No. Those are quality, man. Not at all. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline is Amy Daughters, writer from FBSchedules.com, who put out an article challenging the status quo of BYU and their Power 5 equivalent scheduling requirement for their opponents and got us talking about all of this. Amy, welcome to BYU Sports Nation. Great to have you with us. Well, thank you, and thank you for having me on. What influenced to you to write this article uh, and, I guess, initially got you thinking about uh, BYU and, and how they fit into all of this? Well, I, I, one of the things I do for a living is I analyze football schedules, and I wrote the article to make the point uh, that, you know, really to make a bigger point about how inadequate, you know, how unequal schedules are on the, from a national standpoint. And uh, I was really trying to point out the inconsistencies in scheduling rather than call out BYU specifically, because as long as there's no across-the-board standards in scheduling, there's an opportunity for the college football playoff committee to use schedule strength to pick the teams that are most desirable for the, back, the bracket slots. And there are certain minimums, right, like you mentioned, for each uh, conference. And a few years ago, especially when BYU was in the Big 12 discussion, you know, when the SEC and the ACC and the Pac-12 and everybody said, yeah, they're going to they're gonna satisfy this, that was validating for BYU. What you point out in the article is that BYU's percentage of wins is 39% and, uh, and pales in comparison to some of the other uh, group of five teams. I guess, how do you feel BYU stacks up in that regard? Cause it, I, and you looked at the last five seasons. Right, right. Well, I think that, you know, and one thing that, you know, you have to look at it as, you know, with BYU with a smaller sampling, if BYU played in the Big 12, we'd have a better idea because they consistently play nine or ten power teams a season. Right now they play four or five. So it makes that number, I mean, it's not really an apples-to-apples comparison. But as as of how they're playing now, they rank just below the top teams in the group of five as far as performance level against power five opponents. Now, Amy, how much of who BYU plays in terms of Power 5 opponents and their strength, when they play and where they play, factored into how you wrote this article? Because from what we can tell, we look and and see BYU playing Utah, Tennessee, Washington, USC, and that is much harder than what the other group of five teams are playing in terms of their Power 5 competition. It's more, and it, it feels like it's more difficult Right, and in this case, if you look back over the last five seasons, you know, they play teams like Mississippi State, Wisconsin, LSU. You know, you guys have showed up. Cal, those are all great teams, Arizona. But what's hard to do when you've got a 1,000 words to write an article is to look at, <laughs> look at every angle because you're going you're gonna to lose people. So I, I, I think you make a very good point. You're playing at Tennessee this year. Knoxville is not an easy place to play as an SEC team. You know, so I think I think that's absolutely a consideration that needs to be made and part of the discussion. The hard thing is, again, to fit that into the parameters of a thousand words, it makes it difficult because you're going to lose almost everybody when you start doing that. Yeah, you so. got to you got to talk to your editor and get up to two thousand right for this, and then you can just put all those angles in there, right, Amy? That's right. That's so, right. And so, then everybody everybody will love me then. Yeah, yeah. Give, give me more so. words. I'm Bill Simmons. Let's go. I'll just write all day, right? Um, among, That's right. Among those group of five teams that you compared with BYU, I was in, I'm interested to know why you left off, say, Boise State and UCF, two teams that perhaps, and, and even Houston, who I would think maybe belong in that comparison. 
Well, I, I didn't put them in on purpose, and the reason I did it is I felt like it was more fair to BYU to, to go and pick the teams that have performed the best, you know, over the last three years. The, you know, the teams, well, you know, Boise State, I mean, is a long-term successful team. But to pick those teams and say, here's the best three teams in the group of five, and say, why isn't BYU better than that when these guys are at a peak? So I tried to pick teams that were more reasonable, that were reasonably successful, though not elite over the last five years. You know, I didn't pick Akron, but I also didn't pick UCF, you know, who who beat Auburn in a in a bowl game two years ago. And Yeah, the last five years UCF's three and nine, so we really wanted them in there, Amy. It would have helped. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, <laughs> the last yeah. two years they've well, been great, but the previous three before that they weren't as good. Amy well, that, you bring up an that's a very interesting point and, and well and well I mean that was well played for sure. But you know, anytime you bring up UCF, people complain that you're comparing, you know, to a program that's in a in a in a place where no one can compare themselves to, including most of the Power Five programs. And that's probably the next part of this discussion is where do you feel like BYU fits in all of this? Um, because you could argue that the high level group of fives are probably kind of uh, the seven or six through eight spot in some Power Five conferences. BYU wants to be in a Power Five at some point. At the end of the article, you talk about right now, if BYU was in one, they'd probably be at the bottom. I don't disagree uh, based on the Power Five metrics. But how, how do you feel and where do you feel BYU fits in college football right now? Well, here's the thing. First of all, I don't think it does BYU any good to, to be considered a Power Five opponent. I, I get that there's a, there's, a, there, there's a bit of an honor or a pride thing. But I, it doesn't do any good because I almost feel like BYU is being used as the, as the power programs do with a lot of uh, programs that aren't in the Power Five conferences. You know, they, they can call them whatever they want to. But I think BYU either deserves to be in a conference as a national program with a national brand that either they either be in a big in a power conference so they can prove themselves, so they have a clear shot at a championship. They absolutely deserve that. Or alternatively, if, if BYU wants to continue to be independent and reap those benefits, then, then the, the, the fix is pretty simple. It takes a couple of years to catch up. You add four or five power games to the schedule. Get yourself up to nine or ten, and then you force the committee, you force college football to look at BYU like Notre Dame. I'm not saying they're going to be Notre Dame, but if you look at Notre Dame's schedule with five ACC games, BYU can add some mid-level, lower, power five conference opponents. And they can put themselves there without having to join a conference. And, and I think BYU is an anomaly because they stand on their own because they're between Notre Dame, the rest of the independents. But, but frankly, they deserve better. Amy Daughters with us on BYU Sports Nation, writer for FBSchedules.com. BYU is the only team, as far as we can tell, that opens up the season with four straight Power 5 opponents out of all 130 FBS teams. What do the Cougars have to do in the first four for us to call that a success and to get them some national recognition? Would two and two be enough? I don't know. I, I feel like three and one. And the, and the reason I say that is because the finish, the, the, the start has to be so great that, that, that it takes away from the finish being, I mean, the, the finish is not outstanding. And what is it? Liberty, an FCS team. UMass and San Diego State. And, of course, San Diego State is, is a good team. They were a great team last year. But people are going to remember what happens at the end. Whether that makes any sense or not, people, people are going to, they're going to forget about those four teams being beat at the, at the beginning. So I think it has to be 3-1, and one, and you got to hope two of them are ranked that you beat. 
Amy, great to have you with us. We appreciate you coming on, and uh, we wish you the best as you continue on writing articles. Perhaps they'll give you 2,000 yeah, More words. words. Give Amy more words. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, I hope that message was heard by somebody. So. <laughs> Thanks, Amy. Thanks for having me on, guys. You got it. From FBSschedules.com, Amy Daughters. FB Schedules. F, sorry, FB yeah. Schedules. I knew I was going to do that at some yeah, point. Yeah, I do it all the time. Okay. I, I didn't do it until then, and I did it. So Don't put the extra S in there. Yes, yeah. FB Schedules. On the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline, Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. It's April. It's football. Thanks to Amy for coming on. Love it. Coming up, it's Puerto Rico. Volleyball All-American Gabby Garcia-Fernandez on the matchup with Pepperdine tonight in the MPSF semis. And what does your ideal first four games look like if you are the creator of the BYU football schedule? We have all types of responses coming in. Do you want what BYU has in 2019, or would you lighten it up? It's BYU Sports Nation. Make it tougher. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Let's keep it rolling. If you missed the headlines out the top of the show, good news. We're rolling them out again. Beginning with Sione Takitaki. Man, we say his name like every day, and that's a credit Love to it. him. It's a credit to him. Worked out with the Houston Texans yesterday in the latest ESPN Mel Kuyper slash Todd McShay mock draft, which, quite honestly, is probably the most high profile of the mock drafts. Very credible. Taki Taki is the 102nd overall pick going to the Baltimore Ravens in the third round. That's the third round twice now with uh, Mel Kuyper. With Mel Kuyper Todd McShay. That's big time. That would be big time. Five-seed BYU men's volleyball plays top-seeded Pepperdine tonight in the MPSF semifinals, 8 Eastern. The Waves have lost one set in the last five matches. The two teams split in the regular season with home teams winning. We'll chat with Gabby Garcia-Fernandez in the next segment. BYU softball has their six-game win streak come to an end last night thanks to number three, Washington. The Huskies are really, really good. Like, they could win the national championship. They beat BYU in Provo 13-3, so the Cougars now 20-20 overall. But remain atop the West Coast Conference with a 5-1 record. They can uh, win that auto bid and get back to another regional. BYU does have a week off to handle finals before hosting Southern Utah next Wednesday, Wednesday, 8 Eastern on BYU TV's digital platforms. I thought it was Wednesday. What? Wednesday. BYU Baseball has a three-game series at Washington starting tonight, 9 Eastern on BYU Radio and the app. First matchup between the Cougs and Huskies since 2011. BYU Baseball, good luck. Get it done. Uh... So, fortunately for the Batcats, Washington is not as good at the baseball as they are at the softball. Yeah, they were the national runner-up in softball. <laughs> and baseball, I believe, uh, they beat Santa Clara earlier this week, but okay. they, they've lost 10 of their last 12. Yes. Against good teams. Jerem, we started uh, this show a little over five years ago, and it feels like we've been doing this next segment for about five years. Yeah, it's been four. <laughs> I wish it was one. <laughs> Counting down to the first football game, and now it's a phenomena taking over the country. With that said, hit it! Countdown to the youths. 133. Guess who's joined the fun? Zacharias Royal Blue Wilson. Quarterback Zach Wilson (laughs) is in on the countdown, posted on Instagram, and it made its way to Twitter as well. 133 days, Mr. Zach Wilson says, and uh, a picture from him playing against Utah in Rice-Eccles Stadium last year. He really wants the royal blue. That's what we use on the show as well, so we like royal. <laughs> a lot of debate there, right? Multi-million dollar question. These are the things we Not debate on April 18th. The Chargers 18th. did it! 
Why can't we do it? Yeah, so the funny thing is I love the L.A. Chargers of San Diego. I love that you called them that. Powder blue uniforms. So I send out, man, that's awesome. The fans had a say, and, and all of these BYU fans took it as, oh, Spencer's making this outside plea for BYU to go all royal blue. That was not bad. I'm fine with royal as the alternative. You know what else I want as an alternative? Black. I love it. The black unis? Yeah. I want the black unis. I want royal. I want a bunch of unis. We're going to see the black uniforms make an appearance at some point soon, I would imagine. They'll come back. There's no announcement relative to this no, year, per that, se. But I, would, I bet I, they'll come back at some point. You know what I want? Black unis in basketball. A road alternative. Ooh. BYU That's what I had black basketball uniforms in the Steve Cleveland yes, era. Yes, they did. At New Mexico. They won that game. 51-game win streak for the Lobos or whatever. In the pit. Boom. <laughs> BYU goes BYU in there in the black. Won that game. What was it? Like Brett Jepsen and... Eric Nielsen go yes. in there and win? Yes. Oh, man. Who's was, the it, was Mark fan? Bigelow on that team? Who's the New Mexico fan? The Snake? The Snake, bro. The Snake was really upset that night. <laughs> He's probably normally upset. <laughs> Great fan. Oh, good stuff. Uh, send in your responses to our question of the day, hashtag BYUSN. If you were in charge of BYU football schedule, how would you schedule the first four? Okay, coming up, Gabby Garcia-Fernandez tells us the keys to victory against Pepperdine in the MPSF semifinals tonight. Let's stay on the hot topic of the day, Jerem, with the schedule and the strength of schedule. I know you feel strongly about three to four power fives. Mm-hmm. You still want them in the first four, right? A little much. What do you think? More of your tweets next is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Check out BYU Sports Nation right now with Kiki Solano right now on Facebook, Twitter, IGTV, and the YouTube. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation with our question of the day. If you had the rights to schedule for BYU football, what would your ideal first four games look like? I'm shocked that Tom hasn't asked me yet to do this. Speaking of Tom. Here, Jerem, if you think it's so easy. Tom (laughs) Trinneman answers on Facebook. You don't get better if you don't play the best. Scheduling Power 5 teams late in the year is next to impossible. If you want irrelevance... No, no, it's not. I prove that it isn't. If you want irrelevance, soften up the schedule. If you want respect and to be in the national conversation, you schedule the best. You'll take your lumps. lumps. <laughs> Some of these, uh, yeah... Autocorrect. It's Autocorrect. We got, you. we got you. You'll take your lumps, but you'll give some to you will get better by playing better teams. You get respect by winning. You don't get respect by playing those games. You have to win. You have to win. How many does BYU have to win you, to get the respect they are hoping for with these increased right. difficulty of schedules? Enough. You can have singular moments, right? But BYU didn't become BYU by scheduling tough. They became BYU by winning the whack. And winning some big games. And Boise State became sure. Boise State by winning the WAC. UCF. Sorry, and who did they the play Mountain that was West. tough the last two years until the bowl games? Like, nobody. Yeah. One, maybe two it, great wins, right? They were undefeated, and you noticed them. Interesting debate. Right? It is an interesting debate. You didn't debate. look at their schedule and go, oh, wow, they played a nobody. You just, oh, they're undefeated. Yet it was a win over Wisconsin and a win against Arizona that got BYU ranked in the top 25 in the first four last and year. And then quickly out of it, getting smacked at Washington, losing the unranked Utah State. Like, How healthy yes, are you, you when you play win. these tough opponents? The point is you have to win enough of those. It's not about, the, again, it's not about the schedule. It's about winning. Hey, if BYU wins seven regular season games this season, I'm totally okay I'm, with that. I'm fine. Given, given the difficulty schedule. of the schedule, yeah. and it would be one more regular season win than the Cougars had this season. You ain't relevant winning seven, though. No, not nationally per se, but it's improvement, right? And I'm okay with that. 
I'm okay with that. Okay, I'm not happy. I'm okay. <laughs> BYU has a top 10 team, several top 10 teams on campus, including BYU men's volleyball. They're back in the top 10 thanks to their first road win against a conference foe. They did it in California, something they hadn't done all year, survive and advance against Stanford in five sets. Well, now it gets a little bit harder. Number one seed Pepperdine in Malibu. Jerem Jordan, one-on-one. He is the voice of BYU men's volleyball and talking with the star, Gabby Garcia-Fernandez, who joined us earlier on the Desert First Credit Union Hotline. All right, Gabby, thanks for hanging out with us on BYU Sports Nation. Uh, game day at Pepperdine, season on the line, got to have it. Uh, what's the energy like and the vibe with the team right now as you prepare for a huge match tonight? Um, it's really good. You know, everybody's excited. Everybody is um, ready for this. Everybody is, you know, their heads are in the right place. They're is in the right place too you know they're all excited to come out and you know ball out this is the top seed in the mpsf yet it's a team that you split with in the regular season you won at home they won at home so how do you feel about this matchup uh, over two months later in malibu uh to be honest we we're both great teams you know we we're both division one and the old eight teams we we're both are going to come out with the mentality of you know we got to win this match and we, no matter what happens, you know, we have to do whatever it takes to win this match. Uh, Pepperdine's a great team, and, you know, I respect them. But at the same time, I respect my team, and I have full confidence that my team is going to do whatever it takes. It's been an interesting year for this team, Gabby. It's been a young group, obviously lost three All-Americans last year, lost two notable assistant coaches. Yet this team has shown us that uh, they can be pretty good, even though pretty young and inexperienced at certain positions. How have you seen this team grow over the season? Um, this team has grown a way that like nobody outside our team can know, you know, I can see and everything. Um, I've seen a lot of growth of, you know, freshman red shirts. I have seen a lot of growth, like uh, actual freshmen that came here and there's something incredible that everybody has done, you know, and, you know, everybody can like say bad things about the team and can say bad things about, you know, what we do and what the season has been going but for me and for the coach and for the rest of the team it's like this year it's been a great year learning and getting better and even though like our season hasn't been as great as the past year it's been an awesome way to experience and then we can get back at it next season we're talking with sophomore Gabby Garcia Fernandez first team all MPSF for the second year in a row congratulations by the way on that what did that mean to you uh, for me to be honest, yeah. for me, I found out late. I didn't know I won something. And as as a player, I never cared as a, of the awards and and all those things. I, I can't win because of my performance. I am, I am grateful that people are seeing that I am performing at the level they want me to do so I can like win those awards. But, you know, always grateful for the MPSF and the awards and everything, but I I don't care for the awards. Everybody everybody likes a little validation, though, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, (laughs) It brings up up confidence, you know. Absolutely. Uh, The MPSF Freshman of the Year is your roommate, Davide Gardini. Uh, You won this award last year. You ended up winning the National Newcomer of the Year Award as well. Uh, what have you said to Davide about joining the MPSF Freshman of the Year Club? 
first of all, I told him that there can only be one great freshman of the year, and that is me. So <laughs> he knows he knows he knows his place. Um, but you know, it's it's awesome. You know, it's awesome that he won this, and he's my roommate, and it's been great, everything, and you know, he's a good guy. He's a good. He's a good player. He has a good IQ, and he has all this experience he brings to the team that, like, is different. Like, Felipe does, like I do, like Miki does. All this experience of, like, other places and bring it into the group, and then it works out. We had Davide on the show earlier this week, and I asked him about any roommate drama, you know, and, and how that's going. And he said that you are getting better at washing the dishes – and cleaning the living room. Do you feel like you're improving in that way as well? Yes. I would say, yes, I am. <laughs> but I would have to say, for Davide Gardini to take out the trash, is like losing a leg. <laughs> he never does it? He will not take out the trash. He will put it in the corner, but never go down the stairs to take out the trash. <laughs> but, so, yeah, he's getting better, though. He's getting better. Is it? So who but, takes it out, you or Felipe? Me and Felipe on the way out. Okay. Okay. Which country do you like more, uh, Italy or Brazil? Ooh, Brazil. <laughs> Brazilians, too? Well, yeah. <laughs> you, you'll have to I, take... I, Sorry, go I ahead. The thing David has said is, is personal, you know? <laughs> Talking uh, to Gabi yeah. Garcia Fernandez. Uh, what's the season been like as you've grown as a sophomore and taken on an, uh, kind of an even bigger role without uh, you know a couple of All-Americans there this season and become more of a leader on this team? Uh, for me, it's more like, you know, I, I'm, I, like to say, I like to say I'm the leader that does. You know, I, I like to like, do a lot. So I will like, get kills and I will get thirst in and I will get like, kind of blocks and like, people will see me doing those. And hopefully from that they follow. Um, I love... You know, I love my teammates to death, you know, and I, each one of them, I talk to them and I just want them to feel comfortable coming and talk to me and, and not like try to hide things from me or like be scared of like telling me anything, you know, and for like right now, everybody is really comfortable talking to me and, and that's, I'm grateful for that. And, you know, it's just part of like playing the game, you know, is your teammates and, and your family and then that's all it's about. If you win tonight and take down top seeded Pepperdine, what do you think you guys did to win? What was that? If you win tonight against Pepperdine and you pull off the upset, we're talking after the match. What do you think you did to win that match? We played good volleyball. <laughs> Basically, you know, it's, it all comes down to putting the pieces together in this team. And it's like. We got the talent, we got the strength, we got the height, we got everything. Just putting the pieces together to work everything in, you know. If we play like we did in Stanford, just for sure a win. Okay, and I want you to do one thing tonight. So after you serve an ace, because undoubtedly that will happen at some point, I want you to come into the BYU team huddle, and then I want you to say three words. It's Puerto Rico. (laughs) I got you. Will you do that for me one time? I will. I will. Awesome. Love you on that Between the Lines segment. Good luck tonight, 8 Eastern time, BYU at Pepperdine. Uh, let's give you the BYU Sports Nation karma. Good luck and uh, take down the waves, man. Thank you. Thank you. Have a good day.
Gabby Garcia on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. Good luck against Pepperdine. Yeah, that's a tough match, uh, but BYU could shock Pepperdine tonight. I wouldn't be surprised if BYU took them down. We both think that they will, at the least, win one set in Malibu, which they did not do in the regular season. Oh, yeah, they got worked, but that was uh, over two months ago. It's a different BYU team. Different team, different mentality, different confidence for sure after beating Stanford. Yeah, and they finally won in California, which is great. Coming up, the latest with Sione Takitaki, one week out from the NFL draft. And what's next for BYU softball after losing to the number three-ranked Washington Huskies? Finals, anyone? This is BYU Sports Nation. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. A shout-out to today's guests, Amy Daughters of FB Schedules and Gabby Garcia-Fernandez of BYU Men's Volleyball. Show's on demand via the podcast of the BYU TV and BYU Radio apps. Let's whip it! It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Football. Tony Takitaki worked out with the Texans yesterday in the latest ESPN Mel Kuyper, Todd McShay mock draft. Kuyper has Takitaki as the 102nd pick going to the Ravens in the third round. Volleyball. Five-seed BYU men's volleyball takes on the top seed in the MPSF Pepperdine tonight. Semifinals, 8 Eastern. Winner advances on to the final. The Waves have lost one set in the last five matches. Two teams split in the regular season, holding serve on their home courts. We'll chat. Men's we ch- basketball. We chatted with Gabby Garcia-Fernandez, and he says, simply, if they win, it's because BYU played good volleyball. Jay Drew of the Salt Lake Tribune reports BYU hoop signee Shang-Zi Lee out of China has asked for and been granted his release from his national letter of intent. Softball. Okay, things starting to uh, move for Mark Pope. BYU softball has their six-game win streak snap with a loss to number three, Washington, 13-3. BYU has a week off during finals. They'll next host Southern Utah on Wednesday. You can watch it on the BYU TV digital platforms. Baseball. Opens up a three-game series tonight at Washington, starting at 9 Eastern time on BYU Radio and the app. First matchup between these two teams since 2011. Golf. The women's team opening competition in the West Coast Conference Championships. They run today through Saturday. The Cougars have won the last three West Coast Conference titles. Track and field. Men and women's teams compete in four separate competitions this weekend, starting today, including the Brian Clay Invitational, Pacific Coast Intercollegiate, Beach Invitational, and the Mount Sac Relays. The Beach Invitational sounds the best, all of which take place in L.A. Cougars in the minors. Taylor Cole pitched an inning, had a strikeout for the AAA Salt Lake Bees, and a 17-5 loss to the Fresno Grizzlies. Colton Shaver had a double for the high A Fayetteville Woodpeckers and a 5-4 loss to the Carolina Mudcats. Lacrosse. And the women's lacrosse team is ranked fourth. They're the two seed heading into the WCLA Nationals. That begins May 8th in Virginia Beach, so they have a couple weeks. Today's rise and shout-outs begin with the BYU TV crew last night who gave us a Death Star picture and video of the moon. Incredible equipment that we work with. And there's, it looks like the Death Star is getting ready to fire off some type of laser. It's actually the Tico Crater right there. Oh, yeah, the Tico Crater. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. <laughs> some people say Tyco. Some people say Tico. Oh, yeah. It depends on the language. It, everyone speak. knows all the craters, you know? Yes. Well, it's a, it's a Danish astrologist that, that uh, named that. But I, I mean, want someone else crew, to name it and be like, actually, I named it. Our crew is so amazing. <laughs> they, they do such a good job, and we are spoiled with incredible equipment. But we had fun with that last night. A little Star Wars music behind it made us laugh pretty hard. Yeah. The lawyers upstairs are like, sorry, what? 
Uh, at Luke the Saint, a BYU fan who visited the College Football Hall of Fame wearing his BYU 50 shirt that says 1984, tweeted that he walked around saying, yelling, 1984! As he walked around the College Football Hall of Fame. So, well done by at Luke the Saint. Very nice. Got a rep. Got a rep. Even 45 a, years later. That's a BYU 50 shirt. So that means he got it in whatever state he was in. Because that's a rare shirt. Oh, that's true. Yeah. He won. There's only so many. You earned that, yeah. man. Yeah. You, earned, you earned the right to I should say 35 years. Let me recalculate that math. Yeah, is that 35 years yeah. ago? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Our question of the day. If you had the control of BYU football's scheduling and could put together an ideal first four, what would it look like? At Mike Steskal on Facebook. Get into a conference, dominate, play Utah and one other Power 5 team, and get back into the regular conversation of the best non-Power 5 team again. Does he want the top five non-P5 back? Some That's people the thing we hate used to that do. thing. <laughs> BYU's experiment with independence is pushing them closer to irrelevance. Well, I, let's discuss it, that for a second. It depends on what paradigm yeah. you're looking at it in. Yeah, the point is to win. If you win, you're relevant. That's the bottom line, right? If you win, you're relevant. UCF didn't play anybody. They went and played Auburn. They beat them. They were like, wow, they're legit. They only had to win the one or two big games, right? I think Memphis might have been ranked two years ago in that. They didn't have to play four power fives in the first four. The point is to – relevance is there's singular relevance, like yeah. BYU beats Wisconsin sure. gets on the map, right? Sure. And then there's seasonal relevance. That's lasting relevance where you did something that mattered, right? Boise State is constantly relevant. Why? Because they play on ESPN. Check. BYU does that. Okay. But they win, and then they win in big games. That's the goal for BYU. And if you schedule too many, you're not going to be relevant because you have too many losses and you just don't matter. No one cares if you win fewer than 10 games in a season. You got to get to that 10 win mark. Does ESPN consider BYU irrelevant if they continue to line up these games and have BYU? No. We're not talking about ESPN's perspective. We're no, talking about. But what I'm saying is the money. The, the money and TV drive most of what fans can actually see on the biggest of stages, right? All right. Our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort celebrating 50 years. At CL underscore living on Twitter with his schedule says Utah, Boise State, Utah State. And then, number four, anyone wanting to get beaten by a 3-0 and Cougar team. It'd be nice to go 3-0 and there. Sorry to Dennis Pitt. I ran out of time. For Jeremiah, I'm Spencer. Shout out to Luis Lemus. We'll see you tomorrow on BYU Sports Nation, noon Eastern.